We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we're almost done with the Twitter questions, I believe. So let me go ahead and make sure that I can check all of these ones off. Um, okay, let's see. Okay, we kind of already talked about this a little bit, but we'll go ahead and, and revisit it. Uh, this question is from Jessica Lee. Max, who are some players you think are on the radar of the Oregon staff to flip? So one guy I talked about in a recent episode was James Madison. He's a 2024 wide receiver that's currently committed to Missouri. He plays his high school ball at St. Thomas Aquinas, a storied program out in the state of Florida, uh, out in Fort Lauderdale. He's a Kansas City native, even though he play his, plays his ball in Florida. But um, I think if we're just looking at the big picture for Oregon, especially with Jeremiah McClellan announcing his college commitment on Sunday, if, in the event that the Ducks aren't able to get McClellan, uh, I, I'm told that they have stayed involved with James Madison. Um, obviously, he's playing big-time football out there in the state of Florida, so he is definitely uh, an elite guy that is certainly worth keeping an eye on. And then we also talked about Elijah Rushing. Not really any reason to think that uh, he is um, going to be flipping anytime soon, but that's certainly a guy that you need to keep an eye on just because we'll see what happens um, it ain't over until it's over in, in that recruitment. So looking at some other flip targets, I'm, I'm scrolling through their offers right now just to see guys that I think they could have a chance with here in the 24 class. So might be stalling just a little bit, but you'll have to bear with me. Oh, another guy that I think Oregon could potentially flip down the road. I don't think this, the situation is there right now. But Isaiah Garcia is another guy that I think you definitely have to keep an eye on. He's a 2024 offensive tackle out of Draper, Utah, Corner Canyon High School. He committed to Kyle Whittingham and the Utes um, either earlier this month or late last month. Um, so even though Oregon didn't win out there, you're going against Utah, you're going against USC, you're going against Stanford. Um, I think that Oregon has the ability to maybe shake that one up seeing that they have a strong pipeline to the state of Utah and Alik Terry did a really good job in that recruitment as did Cutter Leftwich. And you got to keep in mind that Isaiah Garcia goes to corner Canyon where the ducks found Jackson powers Johnson. So I'm not saying that that's a prediction I'm making, but I think he could be a guy that you got to keep on your radar uh, as far as, um, as far as potential flip candidates, right, in this 2024 class. So we'll see who else is there. 
Uh, even though Nate Frazier's committed to Georgia, I think that Oregon is definitely going to stay involved in that one, stay swinging away. There's a long time between now and signing day. We're about four months out. So definitely have to keep an eye on what's going on with some of these guys, even if they're committed to other programs. I think that they're, those are some of the guys that I kind of have in mind right now uh, as far as people that Oregon is, is maybe going to keep on their radar and, and go after here in the uh, 24 class. All right, who else can I can I think of anybody else? Can I think of anybody else? Um, I mean, maybe Joseph Jonah Jonier, but probably not. Um, who else? Yeah, that's that's going to be where I'm at right now as far as guys that I think Oregon could have a chance at possibly flipping, and guys that you need to keep on your radar. All right, maybe there's one more. No, I think that's pretty much the last one that. Uh, there's a question from Unique Syntax. Is Oregon going to see any other recruits commit soon now that they've announced their move to the Big Ten? Um, I don't think that uh, – I think we already kind of touched on that one, so I don't want to get too repetitive. So with that, let's go ahead and hop into the comments and check out some of your guys' questions. For those of you that are tuned in live here during the show on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Taurus, thank you guys for being here, and thanks so much for your questions. All right, starting to work through these comments and questions. Um, Andrew has a couple that I can probably get to. Christopher, Max, get that pre-show Snapple. I'm currently drinking a delicious Snapple apple, the best flavor. Yeah, if you guys have been watching me for a while, you know my love and adoration for Snapple. It is my dream to get this podcast sponsored by Snapple. I have no idea how to make that happen, but I hope that it happens someday. If I keep working, keep chipping away and, you know, making my presence known here in the podcasting world and the YouTube world, maybe we can shake something up. But I'm glad you're enjoying a Snapple. I need to get some more. Okay, let's see what else we have here. Uh, Andrew's talking about, sadly, I don't see any five stars this cycle. Seems like Oregon ran into Georgia or Texas at every turn and won't get Kobe Black, Williams Nawannery, David Stoney, Brandon Baker, Aiden Breland, and they lost out on rushing Williams and Frazier. And he says, but hopefully a couple consolation prizes in Jason Brown Jr. and Braden Platt, maybe one or two other small ads, and hopefully no decommits. Yeah, so you talked about a lot in your first comment, but um, just to talk about Jason Brown Jr. and Braden Platt, I think that with Nate Frazier committed to Georgia now, Oregon's going to stay involved in that one, but I really think that Jason Brown Jr. is Oregon's top target at running back. Of course, you already have Dejon Riggs in the fold from Washington, D.C., St. John's. But Jason Brown Jr. has been a guy that Oregon has stayed on, has stayed involved with, getting him on campus for two recent visits for Saturday Night Live, and he also visited in the spring, I believe. So that's a top Northwest kid that you're definitely going to have a chance with. I think some of the other schools that are involved there are Louisville and Michigan State, and then, of course, the hometown Washington Huskies, I think those are some of the guys that you have to keep an eye on for. But I think um, if Nate Frazier is indeed staying with his Georgia commit, I think that Jason Brown Jr. is a phenomenal guy that Oregon could definitely add, that Carlos Lachlan could turn up the heat on and potentially land. I think that he is definitely the kind of back that Carlos Lachlan likes. He's a little bit undersized at about 5'9", um, but I think he's really twitchy. You add some weight on him. I could kind of see him being similar to Noah Whittington in Oregon's offense. And then as for Braden Platt, his commitment's coming up. He's announcing on September 4th. 
uh, here in the fall. He's down to a final two of Oregon and Oklahoma. I think that Oregon is going to be the call there. I made my prediction for him quite a while ago, uh, a little over a month, I want to say. And I think that the track aspect that Oregon can offer Braden Platt is not something that Oklahoma can offer Braden Platt. Oklahoma absolutely has the tradition at the linebacker spot over Oregon, but Oregon has the longevity. They have the loyalty. They've been involved much longer than Oklahoma has, and no one can sell track better than Oregon has. And they have distance on their side for once for the four-star linebacker out of Yelm, Washington, Braden Platt. All right. What do we have here? We have a question from Bud Everts. Bud's a frequent listener. Thanks for your question, Bud. Glad to have you here. Bud asks, it seems like by being members of the Big Ten now, our chances to nail down top players will increase with regard to uh, when battling schools like Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia. Do you agree? Yeah, I think that's a key word. You have to look at the key word in your question, Bud, right? Increase. Chances to nail down top players will increase, specifically when you're going against schools like Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia. I th- Those are probably the top three recruiting powers in the sport right now. I think the, the two schools that you could also mention that are kind of in that company, obviously have Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson Tigers, and then you also have Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. I think, yeah, those are those are some of the, the schools that are really, really, really recruiting at a top level. So as far as their chances increasing, I think that is something that I do agree with. If you're talking about winning outright recruiting battles over some of these schools, it's tough. It really is. I mean, you saw, you did see Oregon recently win a recruiting battle over Ohio State with Mateo Uyunglele. Um, that was obviously a tremendous recruiting win. I'm trying to think of some other schools that some other guys that Oregon's going against for with Ohio going out against Ohio State for. You have Bryce West and Aaron Scott Jr., two 2024 cornerbacks in this class that both chose the Buckeyes over the Ducks. Not really a huge surprise there, though. Scott did have a final three of Oregon, Michigan, and Ohio State. Um, so I think that there's just in order for Oregon to you know, increase their chances of winning recruiting battles, nailing down top players like, you know, against the schools like Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia. The Big Ten move is great. It really is. You know, you can sell more exposure. You can sell more big-time games. You can also sell being closer to home for some of these top guys that they're going after. But at the end of the day, bud, there's two things that moving to the Big Ten – doesn't really guarantee Oregon. That's out of their control. That's winning. Number one, you got to win. Winning is the best recruiting tool. And then number two, development. I think that Oregon's move to the Big Ten doesn't guarantee that they're going to win more games, and it doesn't guarantee that they're going to be able to develop any better than they already do. So those are two things that are completely in their control that they have to take care of business for. I've talked about in previous episodes, this was a long time ago, but after Kayvon Thibodeau got drafted, I said that recruiting um, and ultimately developing guys is Oregon's best recruiting pitch because they haven't won a national title. But that goes back to my other point. If you win and you win a lot, specifically a national championship, that's going to be something that I think can push you over the edge against some of these schools like Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia. 
because Oregon can sell the facilities, they can sell uh, some development, they can sell playing time, the, the uniforms. I don't think uniforms is really something they sell, even though their uniforms are really cool. The point I'm making here, nothing sells more than posing with the national championship trophy on your visit. That's what I think about when I think about the big picture with Oregon and not only with how long I've been covering them and following them, how, how cool it would be to cover a national championship and see them win it, but there's no better recruiting tool than winning. So these other schools, Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia, when they host recruits, they can all take pictures with that shiny national championship trophy, and that's not something that Oregon can do right now. So I do think that their move to the Big Ten helps that their chances of getting top recruits against those schools but it's not as simple as that. There's more that Oregon has to do if they want to continue and maybe even start winning recruiting battles over schools like Bama and Georgia. They've done it over Ohio State, and now maybe that's that maybe that's that next tier going to Alabama and Georgia. Great question. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's see what else we have here. Have a question from Raymond. Raymond asks, hey, Max, how do you think the Ducks coaching staff compares to the rest of top tier football programs? That's a great question. Yeah, um, I think that uh, Oregon has, you know, an awesome coaching staff. I, I Especially when you're talking about recruiting, I think they've obviously taken care of a lot of that and they've checked a lot of boxes when it comes to recruiting. Um, but when you're looking at adjustments and developing, I think that you have, uh, maybe a little bit more, um, maybe a little bit more fog there, you know, not really sure just yet. Um, I think that Dan Lanning has really assembled an awesome coaching staff that was, um, that was really solidified. And I think evidenced by Kenny Dillingham's success, you know, he, when Kenny Dillingham got hired away from Florida state, I think a lot of Oregon fans were like, wow, this is a, a kid that you're bringing in to run the offense. Kenny Dillingham is young. I think he's the youngest head coach in college football now, but Kenny Dillingham came in was a young guy 
there were a lot of question marks as far as just, you know, what was the success that he was going to be able to have at Oregon? Um, I'm not saying people doubted him necessarily, but these were questions. These were talking points that were in the Oregon football community after he got hired. And look what he did. He set the offense on fire. He absolutely lit up the scoreboard, played himself into another job uh, at Arizona State. Then you have Adrian Clem, another guy that joined, that uh, Dan Lanning had to hire after he got uh, the job at Oregon. Oregon's offensive line was amazing, and they did so well that he got a job offer from the, from the Patriots and ended up taking it. So I think that Oregon's coaching staff is really not too far off when you're looking at the top-tier schools like Alabama, like Georgia, like Ohio State, like Michigan. Because when you're looking at a coaching staff, you want to have guys that can coach, and guys that can recruit or guys that can build relationships. That's what recruiting is, right? So I think that Oregon has largely, almost everybody on Oregon's coaching staff now has proven they can recruit, has proven that they can build those relationships. But when you're looking at that other box, you're looking at coaching, which is teaching the fundamentals sometimes, which is finding those little things to tweak in a guy's game. You know, hey, don't do it this way. Maybe do it this way. When you see a guy do that, then maybe you need to change and do this, take a different angle. Um, and also just teaching the playbook, teaching the game. How fast can a guy get up to speed on a playbook with this coach when there's something new that he has to learn? There's a lot of things that go into it. And then ultimately developing guys. And I don't want to just talk about those five stars who come in and become draft picks. Like that's great, but you got to think that the coach is working with a little bit more of a head start when you're looking at those five-star guys. Um, versus those three-star guys, those guys who come to Oregon and fans are looking at it on signing day saying, oh, that's cool. You know, he's a three-star, you know, we'll see how he can do. But when you take those guys that are three-stars and you develop them into NFL draft picks, that's when I, if I'm a coach, I'm puffing my chest out a little bit. I'm saying, yeah, I saw the potential, uh, you know, kind of like, like Marcus Mariota, right? With Chip Kelly, he was a three-star guy that Chip Kelly was able to find, gave him that chance and um, turned him into a Heisman Trophy winner. Hasn't been super successful in the NFL, obviously, but that's kind of an example. Justin Herbert, local kid in Eugene, he was maybe going to go to Montana State or Portland State. There were hardly any other offers on the table, and then Oregon comes in with an offer, develops him. I don't know if I want to say develop because he was just – he could have done so much more with Mario Cristobal – when he was at Oregon, he really could have done so much more, but he is killing it in the NFL. That's a guy you can still say he came to Oregon and got developed by the ducks. So I think that there's plenty of optimism there and there's some proven results so far, but we got to see what guys like Brandon Dorless guys like Jordan Birch uh, guys like um, Evan Williams and Tysheem Johnson. How do they take their games to the next level? with this Oregon coaching staff, because it can be a little bit hard to judge on just one year. But like, if you're looking at Demetrius Martin with Christian Gonzalez, that's taken care of, you know, that he can develop. But I think when you're looking at the defensive line, you have some guys that are going to the league. Obviously uh, Jordan Riley was developed by um, Tony Tuioti at Nebraska and at Oregon. He's looks like he's making some plays for the giants in the preseason right now, but Um, the linebacker room in Oregon is a a major question mark right now. So seeing what Dan Lanning can do with guys like Jeffrey Bossa, Justin Jacobs, 
I think that's going to go a long way in kind of really helping figure out how this coaching staff compares to other schools. But really, it's recruiting and it's developing. And it's those in-game adjustments. When it's coming down to the wire, you're in a close game, what's that coach saying that says, you know, hey, maybe we need to tweak this a little bit, do this instead of that. I think that's part of what you have to look at. Zaheem says, yeah, back like we never left. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for being here. Dennis Mackey, Max, thank you for this. I needed the diversion. I live on Maui and it's been rough. Oh man, I am super sorry to hear that. Uh, Dennis, as far as, you know, everything that's going on with uh, the, the fires out in Hawaii, uh, in Lahaina, um, definitely sending my thoughts and prayers out to you, your family, your community. I hope you're doing all right. And uh, if, if this show can distract you just a little bit, then then I'm super glad to hear that. Um, when the Ducks and their Rainbow Warriors meet this year, I hope they do something special to honor the fallen on Maui. Yeah, that's that's going to be um, that's going to be a fun non-conference game, and, and I'm right there with you. I hope they do something to honor uh, the the people uh, in Maui. So, um, you know, just just want to respectfully say I hope everything's a uh, you know, you're keeping your head up the best that you can. I, I can't relate to that at all. Uh, I've, I've never been in that situation, but, um, you know, just, just want you to know that I'm thinking about you and, and your family. And uh, I know you tune into a lot of these shows. So just sending you my best out there in, in Hawaii, uh, stay safe and, and, uh, hope, hope things get better before too long. Uh, wink with a question. Hey, Max, any news on the new development of Jordan Seaton visiting during the USC game? Well, I had not heard that, but I know that Jordan Seaton is a huge recruit. Um, you're looking at an IMG Academy offensive lineman. He's a, a high four star guy was previously, uh, I think he was previously at St. John's, uh, in Washington, DC. So, he is uncommitted, and he's one of the best linemen in the country, interior offensive lineman, according to 247 Sports, six foot five, 287 pounds. It's just interesting to me as Oregon's looking for their interior offensive lineman in this class. You already have uh, Devin Brooks out of Clackamas. Um, you had Preston Talmua, who looked like he was going to be heading to Oregon, but the Ducks ended up uh, passing on that one is kind of what I reported. He's going to be going to Nebraska. But now you're looking at, Looks like Jordan Seaton, if he is in fact visiting for the USC game, that's something I have to to follow up with on my end. But you're looking at Jordan Seaton, and you're also looking at Eddie Pierre Luis out of uh, the Tampa, Florida area. So it's interesting, and maybe isn't so coincidental that Elite Terry is prioritizing two of the top players in the state of Florida in his search. He's only looking for the best uh, at Oregon, and um, those guys certainly check the box. So now that Jordan Seaton's at IMG, that gives Oregon uh, another Florida connection with uh, with Alik Terry. So those are two high-profile guys. I think Eddie Pierre-Louis, you're looking at Oklahoma as a team that is in a great spot for him. And then Oregon has stayed involved as well. I think he's expected to take an official visit to Oregon in the fall. So I personally, Wink, have not heard anything about Jordan Seaton visiting during the USC game. I got to do some more homework on that one. All right, Zahim has a comment. Nawanari is uh, Winari is, in my opinion, more of a pro, more of a priority need than Aiden Breland, though I'm not sure if we have as good of a chance to land Winari. Yeah, I think that Aiden Breland is is really like I said, you know, that priority guy, uh, the most realistic five star as far as your defensive targets. You have Winari, um, and you also have Kobe Black. 
who is out of the Waco, Texas area. He's a five-star corner that put Oregon in his final five, along with Texas, Texas A&M, uh, LSU, and um, it's Ohio State. Having a little bit of a brain fart. Bear with me here. Uh, Kobe Black is, is absolutely an elite player um, and a top corner that visited Oregon in June. But his top five, to confirm, you have LSU, Ohio State, Oregon, Texas, and Texas A&M. He looks like he's trending towards Texas, but you never know. It's not over until it's over. Um, but yeah, we're talking about Winery and Aiden Breland. I think that um, Aiden Breland is probably the bigger priority just because he's more realistic. Um, but I'm really curious to see what kind of weight that Dan Landing connection carries for williams Winery. Um Oregon has been kind of striking out on some of these top guys, but it, it's not going to go like that forever. They're going to, they're going to hit it. They're going to, you know, land some of these top guys. And I think they're going to make some, they're going to, you know, surprise some people with some of their additions in this 24 class, because it's already pretty full. This is exactly where you want to be. If you're Dan landing in the ducks heading into this 23 season, you have 22 guys already committed and now these guys that you're still recruiting are still some of those top, top priority guys and uh, just tremendous work done already in this 24 class. Uh, all right, let's see here. Um, OB, OB1, there has been more change and more improvement for the UO, U of O in the last two years than I have seen in the last 54 years of being a quacker backer. We, got, we get an SEC coach and move to the Big Ten. Yeah, this is why it's it's so fun to talk to the Duck fans that have been fans for a long, long time and have followed the team longer than I have. I mean, it's obviously pretty sad that the Pac-12 is is in all and by all indications on its way out. But th this is the spot you want to be in. I think you get a coach in Dan Lanning who's incredibly promising, very, very talented. He's he's shown that he can recruit and he's shown that he can coach. A ten-win season in your debut season as a head coach. Um, in an area that you're not really connected to at all, you can't really ask for more than that. So I think that Dan Lanning is obviously their guy, contract extension through the 2028 season, and you find yourself moving to the Big Ten, which ensures that you're going to be in the forefront of the conversation and you're going to be with the haves and not the have-nots in college football. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.